Hey everybody, welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, uh, episode 116. If you've been here with us for all 116 episodes, then man, thank you so much and congratulations for making it this far. We hope that this has maybe helped you a little bit along the way. And if you're new to us and join us for the first time, we're glad you found us. That's right. I'm Daniel and this is Bonnie. And uh, today's going to be a unique uh, episode on the podcast, but just to give you a little heads up, uh, Bonnie, I'm probably going to be coughing the whole way through. So I'll try to hit the mute button as much as I can. You are recovering from COVID. Like right right here. So Daniel is recovering from COVID. And if you've had it, you know, it's sometimes that little nasty cough can linger for a while, but otherwise he's okay. And that's a blessing. And yeah, we've kind of gone a couple weeks without releasing a podcast. And so it's been busy. We had uh, Mm -hmm. a marriage intensive here with a great couple. And then I got COVID and then, um, and then we think I passed a kidney stone. Yeah, that's the only COVID. way to explain the pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so that's kind of what we've been the yeah. past two weeks has looked like. Um, but anyway, but that's just on our personal front. But if you're like us, you have probably been attuned to the TV, whatever news outlet you you look at, or maybe on the computer, whatever news outlet you look at there with what's going on uh, mm-hmm. in our world with Israel. And, uh, you know, and that was as we prepared for today's podcast episode. We have a schedule that we kind of follow. And then, um, uh, like with several pastor friends we know, they kind of had to abandon their Sunday schedule for a week to address some things going on in our world. And so yeah. it's tempting <coughs> to cough. It's tempting to do a weekly podcast about marriage and just ignore what's going on. But it's 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 very difficult yeah um well because it can consume your thoughts you you see what's happening in the world and your heart just truly breaks for just the atrocities we've we've witnessed mm. i mean used to we you would hear about these kind of things but now with with media and social media you actually you see the things that are happening and it's just yeah they're, show, they're showing pictures yeah. and videos and we follow um a guy named Amir Safari. Sarfati. Sarfate, excuse me. And um, Bonnie, you can spell that for everybody so they can find it. But um, he is... You can find him at Behold Israel. Yep. He is a, a Messianic Jew and uh, pastor and lives in Israel mm-hmm. and uh, was in the United States when all that happened, but he's made it home now and has uh, married and has uh, children and a wife and it... That's because he's married. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but he gives updates. Yeah. Um, and man, some of the things he's sharing, some of his intel, uh, is just sharing stuff that you're not going to see on your news mm-hmm. or before it gets to the news. And it is it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, the pictures and the videos that Amir's sharing and that they're sharing on news. Yeah. I mean, well, I have to say that it's nothing short of demonic mm-hmm. what's taking place over there. And, um, what's happening to the people in Israel and mm-hmm. to the innocent innocents that are behind, you know, that are in Gaza. That's heartbreaking. All of that is just, um, yeah, on this side, uh, we see, we see the political realm and we see the land issue and 
and we see this realm. What we don't see is we don't see the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. um, which is really what's going on. Absolutely. And we're going to explain a little bit more in the podcast why there's such a spiritual realm going on. Um, we're just kind of seeing the shadow of it on this side mm-hmm. uh, with all that's going on. Um, but uh, a few years ago, so uh, all that to say, um, we pray for the peace of Israel, mm-hmm. and we hope you are too. Um, uh, not just for its its physical peace. I obviously, right now, kind of is is triage right in the middle of it. We yeah. do pray for its physical peace, but um, but ultimately we pray uh, that peace comes. Ultimate peace comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And we pray that all the people over there, um, Israelis, Palestinians will turn their heart towards Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to give them the ultimate peace. But a few years ago, um, as we kind of get into the topic of today, and maybe the the title of today's podcast is What Got You to Listen, Israel and My Marriage. What does it have to do? It's kind of weird. A few years ago, uh, a prominent pastor, (coughs) as I cough, uh, asked us to unhinge the Old Testament from the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And... um, and that would be uh, basically stating the Old Testament really has no place anymore, and that we really don't need to study it and 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 live by it anymore. That would be a really dangerous practice. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, and I won't go into why. Hopefully today you'll see. But when something like this happens with what we're seeing with Israel, man, we a lot of us reach for the Old Testament to educate ourselves. Well, I think that's because, and, and if you're you're listening and you're like, wait, what are you talking about? I don't know how many people actually understand that the Israel we're seeing at war right now is the same Israel that we see in the Old Testament scriptures. Yeah. And the same Israel that Jesus came to as mm-hmm. as a Jewish, was born as a Jewish baby and was raised there. And um, he... <coughs> he was our as a Jewish, you know. He he came as a Jewish he wasn't, person. He wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew, right? <laughs> Jesus, right? And so there's a couple of misconceptions just right off the bat before we dive into the the topic of the day that I really want to answer that might help you a little bit. And and I've gotten these misconceptions, these questions, as I've talked to Christians over the past several years, mm-hmm. and uh, because we've stopped studying the Old Testament, and because we don't know. Um, how the Old Testament relates to the New Testament, um, there's some misconceptions. A, th- a couple I just really want to hit. One is a common misconception is the New Testament church, or even America, a lot mm-hmm. of people believe, is the new Israel. That right. Israel has been replaced, uh, the importance of Israel, with the church. And that all the promises God made to Israel is doesn't apply to the to the people of Israel that it applies now to the church. Right. And that's something called replacement theology. Mm-hmm. And it's, we don't believe in it. Mm-mm. That's not correct. Um, because of Jesus' death on the cross, uh, we enter into a new covenant for salvation. Uh, we don't have to pay the stipulations of the old covenant, meaning we don't have to sacrifice animals right. and different, different things like that. We're under the new covenant, uh, and which means that no longer, our, our sins don't send us to hell anymore um jesus took care of that he rid the penalty of sin once and for all now it's a person's unbelief in jesus jesus as messiah and savior which is what sends people to hell well i I wouldn't say 
it even sends people to hell. When we're born, we're on our way to hell. Yeah. Because of our sin nature, it just, if I do nothing with Jesus after I'm born and then I die, I go to hell. Right. And so, um, so it's an unbelief in Jesus now that sends people to hell, not sin. Um, and just because Jesus includes Gentiles now, a Gentile is any, anybody that's not a, a Jew, Jew right. right? So it's everybody else. Um, and after Christ uh, rose from the dead, now gent- salvation is opened up to the Gentile people as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, through, but, through a belief in Jesus. Through a belief in Jesus. It doesn't change God's everlasting covenant with Israel. Right. So we're, we're going to um, dive into that in a minute. Yeah. But so there, Israel is still Israel, and the church is the still, church. Yes. And then that leads us to the second misconception: is so what does it mean that they're God's chosen people? Um, which we're going to get more in depth to here in a second, and even how that relates to your marriage. Um, but does that mean that all Jews are automatically saved, and all Jews get heaven because they're God's chosen people? Mm. Well, as we look at the ministry of Jesus throughout the New Testament, we see that's not accurate. That's no, not that's not true. No. I mean, that was Jesus's whole ministry to the Jewish people yeah. in the Gospels was I am I'm the fulfillment of the law. Yes. So for for years they tried to obey the law or they held the law as their means of salvation, and Jesus says, "I'm here not to abolish the law." Mm-hmm. I'm here to fulfill it. The law pointed to me. Mm-hmm. The law showed you your need for me. And ta-da, here I am. The I'm law the guy. shows us what the rules are. And in our attempts to try to keep them, we realize we can't keep them. Right. And so we need some, we need a Savior to yep. help us keep these laws. And that's where Jesus stepped in. Yeah, exactly. And so um, uh, Jesus said that I am the way and I am the truth and I am a life, and no one comes to God the Father except through me. And in that no one is included Jews and Gentiles. Yeah. No one means no, no one. one. And so Jesus' entire teaching in the Gospels back that up. John the Baptist in teaching in the Gospels back that up. And then, um, and then you even had just one example was Nebuchadnezzar. Nicodemus. Who was a ruler of the Jews. He, he he had to be born again or he wouldn't see the kingdom of God. Right. So, um, so no, God's chosen people doesn't mean that they automatically get heaven. They get the same opportunity we do Yes. Uh, through this Jesus Christ. Now, it does, you know, people say, but it says that all Israel will be saved. Well, you know, Romans 11 tells us that the people of Israel will come to believe in Jesus and they will be saved. Revelation 1 7 says that they're going to look on the one whom they pierced mm-hmm. and they're going to mourn. And Jesus even said when he's talking to his disciples, he's he's looking out over Jerusalem and he's he's mourning over Jerusalem and saying, oh, I so want to gather you to myself. And he says that he tells them there, he said, that you won't see me again until you're crying out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They'll be crying out for Jesus because they're going to recognize yeah. in the future. We won't go into all that, but that he, they will, as a nation, recognize Jesus as Savior. And I think what's important there is to denote as a nation. Yeah. Um, not every individual Jew mm-hmm. will that's ever lived nope. will be saved in that moment. But as a nation. Those who turn to Jesus. Those who turn to Jesus. Uh, Israel will cry out and recognize Jesus as Savior. Just and, like any of the rest of us who believe in Christ. Right. And as that's Messiah. right before his second coming. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> so those are just some common misconceptions that I think can set up our podcast for today. Um, but the question we really want to answer today on the podcast, and it's probably going to be a little longer format. We try mm-hmm. to keep it around 30 minutes. It's probably going to be a little longer than that. Um, but here's the question. What's the link between Israel and your marriage? Mm-hmm. Because as we watch and as we study and as we look, there's this incredible link between what Israel is and even what's going on now. Yeah. And, and it's a, I mean, in our yeah. marriage. So, yeah. Bonnie, so, let's let's jump in, dive in a little bit to answer that yeah. question. Well, we've talked about on this podcast before. If you if you haven't heard, like I go all the way back to episode eighteen, we were talking about commitment. That's almost a hundred episodes. I ago. know it was we're a long time ago, but we talked about the difference between a contract and a covenant. In I, that, I was a young man then. <laughs> hundred episodes ago. Oh, but for a quick <laughs> review, kind of a contract, it's that. It's something that two parties enter into, and it's the, if I keep the, I will do this if you do this. But if you break your side. I'm in breach of contract. That's right. Then I can get out. you're out of it. That's right. Yep. And, but the difference in that is a covenant is a binding, everlasting promise that's made between two parties. Now, that, that means that if I make a covenant to you, whether you keep it or not. You're still bound to it. I'm still bound to it. I do, even if you don't. Mm-hmm. So no matter what happens, I've made a, a covenant, a promise. And and covenant, marriage is a covenant, and it, it was God's idea. And um, so where do we even get that? And if you go all the way back, if you go in Genesis 12, we see a covenant. We see a covenant that God made, and this is where Israel comes in. Mm-hmm. This is um, our understanding there. of covenant comes from the one that he has made with Israel. Yeah, there wasn't. There wasn't a nation of Israel. Nope. Uh, there was a time period where there wasn't a nation of Israel. Nope. And so God invented Israel. Uh, God created the nation of Israel as he created all things. Mm-hmm. But very purposefully, yeah. he created it for a purpose. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Purpose. Well, Abram was a guy who was living and just minding his own business. He was among all the uh, the Chaldeans. He was in a pagan nation. He was worshiping the same gods that everybody else worshipped. He was living about his living his life. And God came to this man and said, "I want you to come out from this people, and I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a nation, a father of a nation." If you ever wondered or doubted that God chose people. There you go. He went to this one specific man. Yeah. And we see in Genesis 12, uh, 1 through 3, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. We're even talking about his name today. All all this song. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Man, he had no idea. Whew. I mean, front page news today mm-hmm. is that verse you just read. Yeah. And and it's um and 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 we'll talk about it in a second. Uh Abram was he wasn't a young man. No, he was ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have any kids. No kids. So I think there's something important in that to realize that Abraham and his wife were not young and spry. In what we will call uh, sexually active. Yeah. So why did God choose an old man to do this through? Well, the world can't look at this young 20 or 30 something year old guy and say, well, they were just, you know, they mm-hmm. were kids. That's what they did. 
No, people who are 99 don't have usually have kids. Well, that because you're tired, right? <laughs> well, and things just don't work, right? Yeah. So things in the sexual reproductive world are typically dead. Yeah. And what does God do? He brings back to life. Mm-hmm. And so he restored them and and allowed them to have a child. Can you imagine how tired they were? A <gasps> kid running around. And so... Um, yeah, go play with the donkeys. Go so, play with oh, the camels. <laughs> only, only God could take credit. Yes. For this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you can't look at this and say, oh, well, this just happened. No, no. that's God. No. Right? Yeah. And and I think it's really, really important to see. He said, verse two, I will make a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. In verse three, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. I think that's one of the big reasons that. Do you want to yeah. know if we should support Israel? Verse three. I do not want to be cursed by God. No. Yeah, no. I, I, I want to be blessed. And so this is, I don't want to stand in the face of God. No. And then he says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Mm-hmm. Why was that, Bonnie? How did people on earth get blessed through? Well, if you keep looking, he says, he tells him, I'm going to make you a great nation. But as the further you go along, he says, I will, I will bless, you will become great, a father of many nations, mm. plural. He becomes... Um, from him, from his lineage, comes Christ, who we all have the opportunity to enter into that blessing through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Every tribe of every nation is able to be blessed through this promise that was given to Abraham in the Old Testament. And we see how that came about. But we continue after after chapter 12 in Genesis, we see in in. Um, 15, he takes him out and he, he even measures out the land. He tells him the boundaries of it, of where it's going to be. And then in chapter 17, and um, let me just read a little bit of this in chapter 17. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God almighty. In other words, uh, you don't know who I am, but <laughs> let me just tell you, I am God almighty. Make this clear for <laughs> yeah. you, bud. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram, well, as any normal person would do, here's what he did. He fell face down. Yeah. And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you and I will be their God. So the whole land of Canaan, Mm -hmm. if you don't know, is about 10 times the size of the land that the that Israel is currently occupying. occupying. Mm-hmm. So God didn't give this little sliver that's about, we say that's about the size of New Jersey. God gave a vast, mm-hmm. yes. vast territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we look at what's going on today and we think, hey, yeah, this is, this is, this is the Jewish people's land. no. There's a lot There's more, a lot more that, God, <laughs> that God gave to them. I mean, this is the only time you see God actually set out boundaries for 
any nation mm-hmm. and say, this is, I've marked this off and I've promised this to you. And not only did he promise it to him, he, he reestablished this covenant with his son, Isaac in, in Genesis 26 mm-hmm. and it, with Jacob in Genesis 28. And then he even renamed, this is where we get the name Israel because, um, Abram's grandson, Jacob wrestled with God and then God changed his name. He said, you will no longer be called Jacob you'll be now called Israel. And this is where Israel comes from. Mm. This is, and then we see the different 12 (laughs) tribes that come from, from, from Israel, from Jacob. Um, But what we're, I think it's important to also see there was already people living in that land. Oh yeah. Um, So God dispersed the people living in the whole land of Canaan Mm -hmm. to, put his people there he said i'll drive them out and and guess what that at first you might feel sorry for the people living there but this is god's land and god can do with this land and with people what he chooses Mm -hmm. so i think we have to see the authority here Mm -hmm. uh you know our heart oh those poor people were driven out of the land okay well it's god's land anyway and there's a there's a lot of earth yeah but he chose this section for some reason. He said, this is the portion I'm giving my people. Mm-hmm. And we see in this, the important thing to see is that God established this. And he established this unconditional, unbreakable covenant to a nation that he would be their God and that they would be his people. He, scripture says he has betrothed himself to Israel, that they are his, if they're basically his wife. Mm-hmm. He said, we've been, I'm married to, to Israel. So, <laughs> that, Israel, go back and say Israel wasn't a very good wife. No, no, and not that's at all. no. But it does not change God's faithfulness. That's exactly right to them. So Israel was dispersed. We see. I mean, Israel had has had their ups and downs with God for sure. If they've you read a, the Old Testament, <laughs> they've had a few disbursements. Yep. But we do see that in 1948. They came back into the land just as God had promised. So we said this a few episodes ago when we talked about the dry bones Mm -hmm. uh, before all this broke out in Israel. Um, In AD 70 Mm -hmm. was the last time the Jewish people were dispersed. Rome came in and destroyed the city and the tabernacle and everything, Jerusalem, and they were all dispersed. And... um, and then, keep going, Bonnie, in 1948. And they were reestablished and recognized formally and given a given land back in their same promised land. But like we said, it was really only about a tenth of what God promised. And since they've been back there in 48, you think about there has been opposition to them being on that piece of land ever since. Mm-hmm. And every time peace talks they have to come to the table and the world tries to negotiate these peace talks unequivocally at some point Israel is going to lose more real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like little by little, the world, the whole world's trying to take away what God has promised. Mm-hmm. Nobody else really cares where anybody else in the world lives no. and the boundaries we don't get. Now we do try to defend other countries as, mm-hmm. and their sovereignty, but this one piece, small piece of real estate has been highly contested and and you wonder why and this group of people has been highly you know fought against and and what's amazing though is even though go back to that verse verse 3 in chapter 12 
He said, all the people on earth will be blessed through you. Yet blessed through Christ is obviously the biggest way. But also, um, Israel as a nation, since they've come back mm-hmm. in 1948, has, it's, it's the, was it the sixth or seventh most wealthy nation mm-hmm. on the planet. And, and um, even, even out of, uh, if you just take like, like Nobel Prize, right? So you got the Nobel Prize for peace, for science, for medicine. This is basically. That make contributions to the yes, world. Yes, it's recognizing people that make the biggest contributions to global change and mm-hmm. in, in peace and all this. And um, out of the 954 individual Nobel Prize recipients, uh, between the time it was in, uh, started in 1901 and last year, 2022, uh, at least 212 of the 954 recipients have been Jews or people with at least one Jew- Jewish parent. Oh, wow. So 22% of all recipients of the Nobel Prize has been Jewish. And what is their population? <laughs> yes, exactly. This As tiny, compared to the rest of the world. tiny little country. Yeah. is blessing the world. Mm-hmm. They're a leader in technology. They're a leader in dairy production. They're a and leader fruit. In, in fruit. I mean, it's it's amazing how this little country yeah. is blessing the entire world. Mm-hmm. And there, there is a, a group that exists that their entire goal is to er- not just take back that land, but to eradicate... The entire Jewish race. Yeah, if you're if if you're following this at all, please know the the big fight isn't about the land. These mm. people don't want the land. These people want the Jewish nation mm. wiped off the face of the earth. Well, and this is straight out of Psalm eighty three, and and I want to read this because you're like, wait, what? Um, oh God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, O oh God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together against your treasured ones. They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Let the name of Israel be remembered no more. Mm. For they conspire with one accord against you. They make a covenant. Their whole idea is to wipe Israel Was off. that taken from today's newscast? Uh, it might have been, but it's Psalm <laughs> 83. And it, it's like, yes, they want they want the land. They want, it says, let us take. Well, they, yeah. it, so this morning on the news, while I'm working out, I'm watching. And in the uh, in the tunnels, in, as they're digging into you know Hamas and into mm-hmm. Palestine, they found the uh, basically the military playbook. It's mm. their it's their mind comp right. It's their battle strategy that they've used this past year for this, and that mm. is basically what it reads. Mm. We will wipe them off the face of this earth. Yeah, and here's the thing that I don't know that most people recognize is what is happening over there. Is, is we're seeing something physically taking place. Um, externally that is happening in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. There is a fight and a battle to destroy God's covenant people. There is a spiritual, I mean, because you can, the only way you can explain what, what is, what they've done to um, innocent 
women and children and babies and what they what's happening there is nothing short of demonic satanic it's it's truly is from the pit of hell and no human can devise such an evil plan and carry it out no no human can it's it's beyond humanity and so there has to be something more going on here Mm -hmm. um and it's spiritual because god has made promises to this nation and the only way that they will not be fulfilled and to prove that god is not true and is a liar is if the enemy eradicates the entire nation mm-hmm. and which we know won't happen because god has said that it won't happen he said that it won't happen basically as long as the stars are in the heavens and the moon is in the heavens and the sun comes up Yep. Israel will be a nation. Jeremiah 31, 35 through 37 says that, that he, yeah. God has put the stars in the, the moon in place at night for light and the sun by day. And as long as those are fixed, so will Israel. And right. Israel will never again cease to be a nation before me as long as those are there. So what does this have to do with marriage? Right, This is a marriage podcast. Yes. So... <laughs> what does Israel and their God's covenant with man mm-hmm. uh, in the old covenant with Israel have to do with our marriage? Mm. Well, marriage in the same way is a covenant. Yes. It's a covenant between two people, mm-hmm. two broken people mm-hmm. um, that is initiated and sealed by God. Mm-hmm. And um, marriage was God's idea. It, yeah, it absolutely was between Marriage is a holy covenant. By definition, marriage is a holy covenant initiated by God, conditioned on an irrevocable promise, oneness with an imperfect person of the opposite sex for a lifetime mm-hmm. to glorify God. Yeah. And that's what marriage is. Well, and we made our covenant that will last <clears throat> until death do us part. Mm-hmm. Our covenant is broken at death. Yep. God's God's covenant with israel is everlasting everlasting Mm -hmm. our covenant bonnie to each other is for better or for worse Mm -hmm. for richer for poor and sickness and in health until death does us part Mm -hmm. that's um that's pretty darn close to unconditional (laughs) it's not everlasting because i have a true groom and you have a true groom and his name is jesus Mm -hmm. and one day when he returns for us we'll We'll, we'll yes. enter into that marriage with him, which I can't wait. And uh, but, but it is pretty unconditional, for better or for worse, <laughs> yeah, for richer, for poor, and sickness and in health. Now we don't know what for worse is going to be. No, <laughs> I pray we've seen it, but I don't uh, think we have, right? Right. Um, but I love what uh, Jack Hayford wrote. Uh, I'm just going to read it. He said, "The covenant of marriage." is the single most important human bond that holds all of God's work on the planet together. Mm. Wow. It's no small wonder that the Lord is passionate about the sanctity of marriage and the stability of the home. This covenant of marriage is based on the covenant God has made with us and through Jesus Christ. It is in the power of his promise to mankind that our personal covenant of marriage can be kept against the forces that would destroy homes and ruin lives. Wow. Wow. There's, there's a lot to look into that, that, I, that mirrors 
mm-hmm. his covenant with Israel and the spiritual forces that's attacking Israel. Absolutely. Because <coughs> the enemy, I mean, our marriage is to be a reflection. Ephesians, was it six? It talks about, I mean, it's a reflection of the bride of Christ and that's mm-hmm. betrothed to to you know he we are the bride of christ Mm -hmm. we're betrothed to jesus and there's that relationship and that covenant that's made there and so marriage is that reflection so the enemy wants to destroy it so ephesians 19 19 yes and yeah the the enemy has a deep desire to destroy marriage why does he have a desire to destroy marriage if he can destroy this covenant between two people and God, mm-hmm. then he can destroy the family. You yeah. destroy families, then you're destroying communities. You destroy the church. You just the whole fabric of the society. Yep. God set up and built on the family, mm-hmm. and so he will even try to destroy it by redefining yeah. what marriage is, which he's done That's in right. the past ten years. That's even right. by redefining what your gender. And your sexuality is because that affects the marriage relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he's even redefined. Um, there's such a gray line with Christians as far as uh, abuse in marriage. And obviously God's desire is not for someone to be abused. No. Uh, Christ died for individuals. He did not die for the marriage uh, covenant agreement. He died for, he didn't die for the institution of marriage. He died for the souls of men. That's right. Uh, but yet, even in that, it's we try to redefine abuse to allow us an escape out. Yeah. If you hurt my feelings, that could be abuse, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful about how we label abuse. And I won't get into that. That's that's a whole other discussion. But all that to say, the enemy tries to deceive us into getting out. Into getting out of it. Yes. An, an easy way. E- any out. way that he can to rip apart the two that have become one flesh. He yeah. he is a, a flesh. He, he devours. Mm-hmm. He devours. And to rip apart human flesh is a terrible thought. And, and it's interesting <laughs> because we see through the Old Testament and even today, um, the same way Israel and Jewish people fight for independence from from Christ and mm-hmm. don't recognize Christ. God's desire for Israel and for the Jewish nation is that they would live independence in salvation through Jesus Christ, yes. dependence on him through salvation and faith in Jesus Christ. And yet he holds that covenant with him, even though they don't. Mm-hmm. And in the same way within our marriage covenant, um, we fight for independence from each other. Mm-hmm. We fight for you self. You can't tell me what to do. Now, we cling uh-huh. to self yeah. instead of um, dying to ourself. Um, in the same way, Israel fights for herself mm-hmm. and um, and her right to be independent of God and salvation through Jesus. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I see that's the, the destroyer of marriages that the enemy uses the most is self. Mm. Two very selfish people. Yeah. And, um, and that don't know how to die to themselves. And, uh, and so I even had, you know, I've, I've had couples before. Well, they didn't keep their end of the commitment. So that, does that mean I have to? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Right. Um, so, so the enemy is, his top goal is to destroy this covenant of, of marriage. Absolutely. So what, 
what is marriage by definition? I think it's a few things. It's, it's that holy covenant mm-hmm. that God has initiated. Mm-hmm. You know, it It's conditioned on an irrevocable promise, oneness with the imperfect person of the opposite sex for a lifetime to glorify God. Which that's amazing and a mystery in itself. The Apostle Paul says this is a mystery is that oneness with an imperfect person, mm-hmm. right? So in the mathematical world, which I'm really not good at, <laughs> one and one always equals two, unless you're talking about marriage. Mm. One plus one equals one. Yeah. So it's this unique dying to each individual to selves be- to become yeah. one. Yeah. I have to let go of not the, the things that God intrinsically put in me to make me unique, Mm-hmm. I have to let go of my love of self mm-hmm. and getting my needs met according to the old man, the old covenant, so that I can experience God's love and his love can pass th- from out of me to yeah. you so that he can show his love to you through me. And and so you and I are in this covenant relationship with each other and it's a daily dying to our own selfishness mm-hmm to be able to keep the promises that we've made to each other. Mm-hmm. And our covenant is supposed to reflect the the perfect covenant that God made with us and that he has, has kept mm-hmm. to us, but we're not perfect people. Well, if you look at the Old Testament covenant that God made with Israel, he, he's made that between himself and humans. Yeah. But fast forward to Jesus, <coughs> and he said, a day is coming that I'm going to, I'm going to make a new covenant. I'm going to write my law on your heart. Mm. I'm going to take that heart of stone that you've got that's hard towards me, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to circumcise your heart, not just a physical circumcision, and I'm going to make you my own. He's talking about a time where he would send Jesus to make this new covenant. And he said, I understand that it's hard for a covenant to be kept between God and man, so... You made this point recently. It just blew my mind that. Yeah, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, which Testament, if if you don't know, the word Testament is just covenant. That's mm-hmm. what that means. And so the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, is, was made between God and man, right? God yeah. and Abraham, uh, God and mankind, that God and this, this nation he set up. The New Covenant was made not between God and man because man can't fulfill it. It was made between God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we are grafted in, adopted into that covenant, mm-hmm. Gentile and Jew alike. And and, um, and and it's not like people say, oh, well, did God just mess up? And then said, oh, well, I need to redo this. No. Yeah. No, God knew from, I mean, Jesus was there in creation. God knew. There, I mean, there's foretelling and prophesying of Jesus all through. So God God. It wasn't like this took him by surprise and he had to redo the mm-hmm. covenant. Um, it kind of in the same way, you know, as a parent, you know, it's, let's just say Josie, who's our non-athletic child, right? Incredibly gifted, just not athletically, once at 14 years old to play uh, school softball, mm-hmm. right? travel softball. All my friends mm-hmm. are doing it. I want to do it. Josie, this is not a good idea, right, <laughs> right? right? You will die out there. No, I want to do it. I can do it. And and she attests and she attests and she does, I can do this. Okay. And so what we do, we know this isn't going to work. We know this is a bad idea. Okay. If this is, let's, you know, I'm not going to be able to talk you into this. We sign her up. We buy her the bat. We buy her the glove. We take her to practice. 
And very soon she realizes. I can't do this. This is not a good idea. Yeah. Exactly. Now, let me show you where you, let, remember where what you, you were, really, where you yeah. really are gifted, right? Yeah. And, 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 and in a very not similar way, but yeah. a way I can understand, uh, God, that's what he did. He knew what the salvation for mankind was to be, but mankind wanted to choose our own way to mm-hmm. live independent. And so God said, okay, well, let me, yeah, let me give you the set of laws to show you, you can't do this. Yep. Here's the, here's what right and wrong is. Yeah. Now see if you can manage that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, and gosh, doesn't that happen in our marriage? Yeah. I want, we want it this way. We want it this way. I want my own way. I want you to become like me. Right? I married you because, oh, she's so awesome. She's so different and she's, she's beautiful and she's so talented. And now all of a sudden we're married and I just want to change you to, mm-hmm. to become like me and to get all my needs met. Mm-hmm. My whole goal was to get my needs met. Yep. And, 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 and that's so, that's so many marriages. Well, and we can't keep this covenant to each other in our own strength no. any more than man could keep a covenant with God in his own strength. Mm-hmm. There's no way. I mean, that's why we need, and we talk so much on this podcast about needing the power of the Holy Spirit living through us to show the other person the right kind of love mm-hmm. and to keep this covenant I can't keep on my own. Well, it's interesting that I meet with so many couples, they're miserable in their marriage. They're mm-hmm. miserable in their covenant, but they're Christian couples, so they don't want to get a divorce. And and I ask them, why why do you not want to get a divorce? And, and I, obviously, I'm not trying to talk them into it. Mm-hmm. Well, because we know that would dishonor God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a, that, would be, that would be sinful, sinful action to, and that would dishonor God. Yeah. Okay, so you're willing to sit in a miserable marriage for the next 20 years mm-hmm. so that you don't dishonor God. <laughs> well, I don't want to, but, I mean, yeah, there's I, I can't divorce her. Okay, so you don't want to sin. You don't want to dishonor God. But yet every day you live in such a way that you are sinning before God and dishonoring him and dishonoring your spouse by the way you treat each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. So if your heart is really to honor God and honor your spouse and not live in sin, then why don't we change our daily actions towards our spouse and our daily Mm -hmm. desires to please self and and honor God within our marriage? That's right. And I had somebody say, well, are you telling me that I should just divorce her then? By no means. But if your desire is to honor God and not live in sin, then why don't you act differently within your marriage relationship? Because you're as in, as in, in much sin mm-hmm. within this relationship, the way you're acting right now, than if you were to. And that's truly a call to stay connected to Christ it is. and let him live through you because I can't do it. No. I, I'm too selfish of a person to love you the way you're supposed to be loved. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I could I could talk about this all day. I know, so, but I know. We, need to, we need to wrap yep. it up. So here's where we are with this. Here's something that you've got to understand. The enemy hates your marriage. He hates its very existence because it speaks to the power of a loving, promise-keeping God. And and that's why he's going to use everything in this world. If you're wondering why it's so hard to stay married, because the enemy is using every weapon he has to come against your relationship. And, and he's even developed people groups that hate the biblical traditional yes. marriage. 
and it's opposing it. That's right. But you you're called to fight and fight for your marriage and do what I mean, I see the resolve of Israel to demolish anything that would ever again come against the people of Israel. And what if we could take that same stand in our marriage? Yep. Israel is saying we are no longer going to put up with Hamas. Mm-hmm. We will go in and destroy every remnant of Hamas because if we don't, we're going to come again. It'll come again. And God told in Deuteronomy, he told, he told the people, he said, get rid of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the stalactites, the stalagmites, all of <laughs> oh, them, yeah. right? All these people groups, get rid of, because, because God's mean, no, God knew that they were evil and they were worshiping idols and they would destroy. Sacrificing children. Sacrificing children. There's demonic cultures. And God said, get rid of all these people. And so, because God told them to do that because he knew if you keep these people around, they will destroy you. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And now they are. And they mixed in with them. Mm-hmm. And they mixed in cultures with them. What if we took that same mindset in our marriage? Get rid of everything that destroys, that's destroying your marriage. Everything. Which our next podcast will be talking about. Some, some things. things that's destroying our marriages. Get rid of, put up fences, put up gates, put up walls, get rid of relationships, things that are destroying your relationship. Be, be militaristic about preserving the sanctity of your marriage. Mm. If we could take that same mindset, oh man. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't figured out by now, we, we stand with God's people, Israel. We pray for her peace because he's called us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem God loves her with an everlasting love, and he's going to prove faithful to her. And he's promised that Israel will never again cease to be a nation. And there's so many more promises he's made to Israel that we're not going to go into (laughs) on this marriage podcast. But we also pray for our marriage covenant and for your marriage covenant that we can be faithful to each other and reflect the faithfulness of a holy God and that we can love and serve each other in the most difficult times and that our covenant will stand true like God's covenant to his people will stand true. That's right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Let's uh, commit together to pray for the nation of Israel, for their physical safety, for their spiritual safety. And um, and if you're on Facebook or Instagram, follow us at The Marriage Adventure and uh, we will see you next time. Oh, we are all